Well, hello again. My name is Ryan Evans, and I am here with Chaplain Deanna Barker. We'd like to welcome you to the fifth episode of the podcast known as Mystic Misfits. We are very delighted to be here again. I can't believe that it's already been five episodes. And Deanna's looking at me like, you little bitch, you didn't prepare enough. <laughs> so our topic today is supposed to be about the um, authority of the believer and kind of how that segues into angels and demons. Well, tell and, them the name of the book. Well, okay, you say it. The Authority of the Believer or the Believer's Authority by John McMillan. Yes. So I have read the book, but I didn't necessarily have time to prepare 100% adequately, adequately for this particular podcast. It's been a really busy week, and this retrograde has been killing me uh, emotionally. So just bear with me. There's still st- there's still a lot of stuff that I know, uh, but Deanna will fill in the the missing parts of it. <laughs> I hope. But so, before we actually begin talking about that, um, there's a few things that I wanted to catch up on about last week's episode and mention as well because it warrants the attention. Um, and our last uh, week's episode was about astrology. And there was a part, I think, in there where Deanna and I said that there, um, um, the Bible doesn't necessarily reference the, the specific names of like Aries and Taurus and things like that, or Aquarius. But what we left out, which is accurate, but what we left out is that there are numerous symbolic um, uh, imagery in, in, uh, in the Bible that, as we know now, um, does refer to the zodiac signs um, just in different ways. So some of that would be like um, there are sp- some specific passages that like reference, um, of course, the lamb. The lamb then turns into um, the ram. I'm not saying it turns into the ram in the Bible, but uh, we extricate that and um and then we know symbolically that the lamb is kind of t- speaking about the the goat or the ram, so Aries. And then the the bull or uh, the uh, the calf as well that is referring to um, to Taurus. Uh, and there's several parts there. Um, I think when Moses um, is coming down from the from the mountain and going over the God's commandments and things like that. And the people below um, were worshiping the the bull, right? Yeah, the, the, it was the golden... Golden calf. Calf. Yeah, that's it. That they had made. Um, because at that point in time, that was supposed to symbolize the, the end of Taurus, basically, and moving into Aries. And then there's another uh, specific... Um, passage in Luke 22 uh, which says Luke 22:10, and uh, and he said unto them behold when ye entered into the city there shall be a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water follow him into the house where the entered in or where he entered in so that's actually referring to Aquarius. Now, um, apparently, way back when this this unfolded, men never carried water. They never carried the, a pitcher of water. That was not a man's job. It was only a woman's job to do that. It was below men to do that. So when they say um, you'll meet a man bearing a pitcher of water, the symbol for Aquarius is a man carrying a pitcher of water. So that's what that was making reference to in that particular passage. So there are many symbolic, um, or I should say there's a lot of symbolic imagery um, referenced in the Bible pertaining to the zodiac signs, but not necessarily the specific names that we call them today. I believe that's correct, right? 
Yes. Okay, so we're just clarifying that. And, um, of course, all I could say is please do your own research, um, but pay attention to what you're researching because there's going to be a lot of websites out there that um, are on either side. There's going to be the detracting websites, the opponent websites, and there's going to be the proactive or proponent um, type websites. And then there's just going to be websites that just talk about facts, and all you want is the facts. Was this said? Was this not said? How is it interpreted? Um, so just be patient with your with your own um, investigation and research, but definitely do it. So with that said, we're going to begin. Go ahead and begin um, our fifth episode now, uh, talking about. Um, the authority of the believer and I'm going to let Deanna uh, go ahead and and begin oh I didn't know you wanted to start with that first but that's okay that's okay Um, the authority of the believer uh, Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians 6.12 that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places Mm -hmm. we have demons Mm -hmm. we have angels and we have demons Mm -hmm. we see that we uh, also have authority and power when jesus uh left this earth he gave power for us to have dominion when he raised when he was raised from the dead he gave that power to the body of Christ, which is us. Mm-hmm. Now, the believer's authority, um, I'm going to read this from, the believer's authority is actually uh, from Kenneth Hagin, and the authority of the believer is from John McMillian. But I'm going to read a little from Kenneth Hagin, the believer's authority, on light of this scripture, Ephesians 6.12. He says, Thank God we have authority over such evil spirits through Jesus Christ. We need to understand what Paul said here in light of what he wrote in previous chapters. We need to realize that we have authority through Christ. Our our combat with the devil always should be with the conscience that we have authority over him because he is a defeated foe. The Lord Jesus Christ defeated him for us. However, the authority of the believer is an aspect of the Christian walk that few believers know much about. Some think that authority over the devil belongs only to a few chosen people to whom God has given special power. It doesn't. It belongs to all the children of God, anyone who has come to believe in Jesus Christ. We receive this authority when we are born again. As we are made new creatures in Christ Jesus, we inherit the name of Lord Jesus Christ, and we can use it in prayer against the enemy. But the devil doesn't want Christians to learn about the authority of the believer. He wants to continue to feed us anytime he wants. That's why he will do everything he can to keep Christians from learning the truth about authority. He will fight us more on this subject than anything else. He knows that when we learn the truth, his heyday will be over. We will dominate him, enjoying the authority that is rightfully ours. Ephesians 1.3 reads, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us, the whole church, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The American Standard Version renders all spiritual blessings as every spiritual blessing. This means every spiritual blessing there is in Christ. All spiritual blessings belong to us. Authority belongs to us whether we realize it or not, but just knowing this isn't enough. It's knowledge acted upon that brings results. It's a tragedy for Christians to go through life and never find out what belongs to them. That's totally true. Mm-hmm. Because so many people, they don't read the Bible or the church because of their um, brimstone teachings have turned up, turned people off to the Bible and they never learn what's, what's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the translated, uh, the translators of the King James Version translated many words consistently, but not the Greek words for power and authority. For example, in the King James Version, 
Jesus says in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon the serpents and scorpions and all and all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Although the word power is used twice in this verse, two different words are found in the original Greek. What Jesus actually said was, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy. And speaking about serpents and scorpions, Jesus is talking about the power of the devil, the demons, the evil spirits, all the cohorts, all his demonic helpers. Mm -hmm. So we need to realize that we got authority over them. Um, and we have just as much authority as Jesus had in his day. We have that same authority now. It would be preposterous to think that we wouldn't. Um, the devil and his forces are obliged to recognize our authority. The believer thoroughly understands that the power of God is backing him and can exercise his authority and face the enemy fearlessly. Uh, what is authority? Authority is delegated power, or the Greek word I told you, ex um, exousia. Exousia. Meaning delegated. It means delegated power. Um, example of this is a policeman who directs traffic during the rush hour. He just raises his hands and the cars stop. These men don't have physical power to stop the vehicles if the drivers choose not to stop, but they don't use their own strength to stop the traffic. They are strong in authority that is invested in them by the government they serve. Another uh, example of this delegated power was the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18, 20. Jesus came and told the disciples, I'd be given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we see this delegated power, this exousia um, is for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's for everyone that has made Jesus the Lord and Savior in their life. Uh, through and we get this power from the resurrection of G Jesus. We also see in Matthew twenty eight eighteen that again all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Jesus says Jesus' resurrection establishes the believer's authority. What do you think about that? Well, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot there too. Um, break down digest the yeah digest you know but um when god raised jesus from the dead we were raised as well as as well in the body of christ the ecclesia uh, the greek word for the body of christ god raised the head jesus in the body us the believers together mm -hmm. um we see this in ephesians 1 20, it says, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That means future. Mm hmm future and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way so if you're a believer in Christ you're part of the body of the church and you have authority and mm -hmm. power over these principalities that, that rule in high places mm -hmm. no I would agree with that and I mean Ideally, they're, well, I should say realistically, there are going to be people that don't necessarily believe in Jesus, but maybe they believe in God. Maybe they believe in the Father, um, or they just don't believe at all. But I believe in, for me personally, the, the Trinity aspect, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Well, that's that's it's, basically the same thing. And that's thing. still an extension. But I know there, there are some people who may not believe or, like I said earlier, they might be on the fence. But um, just as humans, if you find yourself in that type of situation where you feel like you're just being um, uh, attacked, there, there's some kind of spiritual attack going on, uh, you're 
having lots of issues, uh, you know, strings of bad luck. Uh, you also may be dealing with uh, um, inexplicable illness and all this other stuff or your wife left you or your husband left you and just whatever the, the issues are. And it just builds and builds and builds. But if, it, if you do feel that it could be an attack of some sort, a spiritual attack as well, you do have the ability to um, defend yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, sometimes you may be in such a fraught situation, you know, mentally and emotionally, that you might need some help. And, of course, you could always try to find a, um, a priest or a chaplain, um, someone to, to help you as well, or um, um, just somebody who's extremely spiritually inclined. Uh, basically, you definitely want to cleanse yourself. There are specific prayers. Uh, the exorcism <laughs> is available um, online. Obviously, um, the words to do a, a simple layman's type ex exorcism. But you you do have that ability to do that. And that's basically what, what sums that up. But the idea of belief is important, right? The idea of believing. That's the key because belief is, is based on your faith. Mm -hmm. You have to have faith for, for belief, for your belief to work for you. Well, here's what I tell clients. Whether you believe that there is more out there, that there's a, that there's a supreme being, or that it's Jesus, or um, Muhammad, Buddha, however you want to phrase it, but if, whether no matter what you believe in terms of good or evil, no matter what, it's irrelevant because both sides believe in you. And you're going to have the negativity you know, vying for you. And then you're going to have the light vying for you as well. So no matter what you believe, both sides believe in you. And that's um, I've seen that over and over and over again. But I've also seen so many people because of all of the rhetoric and the bullshit that goes on for control and domination and dominance over people uh, that so many people have lost their belief their confidence in the idea of spirituality and religion and, and especially organized <clears throat> that's, religion that's true I know some people who won't even touch the Bible because of that exactly um, yeah. either either they didn't feel that God was answering their prayers or they just saw too much grief and sorrow in their lives and they're you know they're like well what kind of God does this yeah, and then they wonder why all kinds of things are happening to them, but that's why. Uh, and uh, again, obviously, we're not trying to push anybody into one specific belief system or not, or or, or anything like that. Um, the idea is kind of like no matter where you, where you might stand on the philosophical religious aspect you definitely see evil exist man has the ability for evil and then you see light exist man has the ability to do many many good things for others so um evil exists light exists um they're there but they're also there in other ways and again after many many years of seeing people um suffering lots of different spiritual issues uh, plaguing them spiritual attacks um, and performing um, uh, specific types of um, exorcisms myself for clients yeah I, I've seen a lot of different things happen I mean okay let me pause for a second because obviously what, what what's the, the the 24th so okay so today is September 24th we're going into October this is not meant to be like a Halloween podcast of scary things. <laughs> um, but it just, it coincides with the October coming up. So, um, but I have um, seen many different things, witnessed many different things. I've witnessed um, clients uh, getting scratched in front of me, you know, just 
red marks and fingernail scratches appearing right in front of me as I'm looking at them. So I've, I've seen those types of things. I've seen photos that people have brought to me with all kinds of orbs and shadows and things like that. Um, and then a lot of other things that I've just seen while actually performing things on clients, cleansings and um, other type of ritual work. So these things exist. Um, it's uh, Some people want to ignore them and unfortunately that just makes things worse. But what Deanna is talking about, yes, the idea of defending yourself, God does give us that ability. So if you want to go by Jesus, yes. By the Father, yes. By the Holy Spirit, yes. We have that ability. So if you ever find yourself in that situation, you need to know, you know, try not to lose your confidence in your faith and your belief in the spiritual world because it is there and you have that communion within you um, because our souls are tethered to, to God, to the universe. So we have that communion ongoing. So we need to, you just need to be aware of that. And if you need help, then you get help. Um, if you need to talk to a, again, a priest, a chaplain, um, uh, a pastor, uh, all of that. You you, uh, or if you need to talk to a, a spiritualist or uh, an intuitive, uh, somebody who's ordained. Absolutely. Now, not 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 now now not everybody may want to or be able to help you or be in a position, but help is out there. Absolutely. So, um, oh, what was I going to say? Is there something else you want to say about this? That you're looking at. Well, I mean, I, I'm just looking at it. As some people may ask, well, well, how do I exactly exercise my authority? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, and the first is the use of Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. When we pray or speak words, we should always... And on a positive note and saying in Jesus name, amen, mm -hmm. you know, second is pleading um, the blood of Jesus. When Jesus defeated Satan at Calvary through death, burial and resurrection before all the worlds of heaven, hell and in the earth, we became redeemed from the curse of the law. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 61 says all sickness, including including our addictions, drug addictions, alcohol addictions, or whatever sex addictions is the curse of the law. However, Galatians 3.13 says, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Um, Revelation 12.11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives as much as to shrink to, they did not love their lives as much as to shrink from death. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, we are now citizens of heaven, heaven. Philippians 3.20. So that's how you exercise your authority. You, you use the name of Jesus and you plead the blood or the blood of the lamb. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how, that's how they did it back in the day. And you can see examples of this in Job 13.6. Psalm 35, 1, Psalm 43, 1, Psalm 74, 22, Psalm 119, 154, Proverbs 22, 22, and 23, 23, 11, and Isaiah 117 and 18. So, um, so the three things you need to do is um, say Jesus' name. And then invoke the blood of Christ. Invoke the blood of Christ. And then the third thing was that that those are the only two. Oh, the only two things. Only okay. two things. Yeah. I would definitely do those, um, which I do in cleansings anyway, of course. Um, and then it does not hurt, of course, to add other cleansing uh, products as well. So like some sage, Palo Santo, holy incense. You know, I'm talking about ch church grade incense. Um, 
all three of those things are, are very powerful. Yeah, and it can be like, you know, sometimes when I'm at the kitchen sink or I have a problem or something or I'm laying in bed or something, I just say a simple plea. Mm-hmm. Um, Satan, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. You can't put that, and then I name the problem. Mm-hmm. You can't put that that financial burden on me. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I overcome you, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's my plea. Mm-hmm. But I name the problem. I'm Pacific, and I name that Pacific problem that I'm having. Well, that's a, that's a good point. So if you know what the specific issue is, you call it out for what it is. Absolutely. You know, and it's author- you have authority over your property, over your loved ones. You don't have authority over other people, but you have authority over um, your loved ones and your property. You know, if you're having a, a, a problem with uh, burglaries at your house or something like that, you have the right to say, I plead the blood of Jesus around my home, around my house. Sure, absolutely. And in the name of Jesus, nothing shall, nothing shall be burglarized here ever again. Mm-hmm. You have the right to say that. That's that's your property. Which you that's own. your property, right? Or like if a loved one is being afflicted with uh, illness or something. Yeah, because there's generation curses. I was going to mention that earlier too. Yeah, there's a there are many generational prayers out there too. Um, basically, anti curse type thing um, to try to help break um, whether it be spoken curses or. Um, the um, principalities and their powers, the, uh, the uh, rulers of darkness, they're 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 out there and they may attach to a family lineage and things like that. So yeah, there's so, lots of things that you could do. So you know some uh, some other things, some other examples of which you have authority over is oppression of mind and body. Mm-hmm. You have authority over that. Authority over fear. Fear is. Mm-hmm. Crippling. A lot of times that's what keeps us from pursuing our dreams, our aspirations and stuff is fear. We're in fear. Authority over excessive anger. Demon obsession. Mm-hmm. Voices in the head. You have authority over that. Authority over opposers of truth. You have authority over that. There's definitely a lot of good... Um good stuff out there that you could use and that you need to know you have authority of yeah and 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 uh and john mcmillian's book the authority of the believer he gives examples of that on pages 35 and 41 okay 35 through 41 he talks about that now i i know that a lot of people believe in angels um and a lot of people will say that um, angels come in many, many different forms. They could also take the form of a loved one. Um, they'll basically try to imprint their energy on a mm-hmm. loved one uh, at some kind of like crisis point um, to you know prevent something negative from happening or even more negative from occurring. So. Um, and then, of course, so many people have seen angels. There's been, you know, historical documents, uh, documentations, and recordings of angels, photographs, things like that. Um, so, I and of course, I use angel cards in my sessions too. And I ask clients, I'm like, you know, do you do you believe in angels or the existence? A lot of them say yes. Some of them say I believe in something. I'm like, okay. So. Angels, the idea of them, have been around for a very long time, centuries, um, millennia. And basically, um, through every, every facet of human existence, there's always been some type of idea of an angel. Or th- uh, the idea of watchers, another form, another way they've been referred to. So angels exist, and... If we just kind of go with the notion as the, about the fallen angels, who are the ones that be, have become the demons, then you kind of have to believe both, right? You have the angels, and then you have those fallen, and then those fallen ones have unfortunately become the demons. 
And then there's more, I think what, the number was like 200 or over 200? That fell from heaven? Yeah. Yes. Jesus said he said I, he saw them fall like lightning. Yeah. So if it, it's kind of like one thing leads to another. So you, in terms of like the belief aspect of it. But if you do believe in angels, there's no reason that you should not believe in demons because kind of one goes with the other. It's kind of like good and bad, night and dark. So, okay, so you have angels. So we'll try to segue into this. You have angels and um, you have demons. The whole idea is that you will, you may, you may not know that you have a guardian angel. Now that guardian angel, I want to clarify something. You may have a relative that passed away or someone in your family lineage too that could be a, a guardian angel of some sort that could be helping you, providing messages or signs, things like that, um, giving you some type of info. And then you have a celestial angel, uh, a, a real uh, heavenly angel that may be trying to you know, push on you or pull on you or jerk you from side to side, basically kind of pinballing you into a specific direction, a path for you to follow in order to avoid some type of negativity. You may not always see them. You may not always feel them, but they are there. And I've seen that happen over and over again. And so many people are like, oh, this could have happened to me or this would have happened to me or that would have happened to me. And all of a sudden, I'm, uh, you know, something stopped me or something saved me. or, And then you have the actual sightings of like, people that get stranded in the middle of uh, the desert or something on a road and then out of the clear blue you know somebody comes up to them and, and helps them and then quickly that person is it vanishes you have all kinds of stories like that but the whole idea is that there's a category there's a class of of um, of different spirit guides or angels like I said you may have those family members or a spirit or entity, just somebody that's like kind of, kind of like roaming, that's following your energy, your interest in your energy pattern. And then you have celestial angels, mm -hmm. uh, the guardian angels that may be helping you as well. So with that said, there's a really cool book called Angels. It's the Complete Mythology of Angels and Their Everyday Presence Among Us by uh, Charlotte Montague. And this is a really cool book. It goes over... Um, historical aspects of angels uh, it goes over modern angels um, especially like at disasters like the Chilean uh, mining disaster uh, angels that guardian angels that may have been seen it goes over uh, even uh, angels during the 9-11 um, attacks um, and then of course it goes over um, But those are, those would be considered like uh, mortal angels, of course, the angels that are, where people would see um, other people helping and things like that. And then it goes over the historical aspects, like the Semitic angels, and it gives mm -hmm. that specific uh, area. So it gives the classification of the angels and where that came about. And then we have uh, pagan um, angels the Valkyries, uh, Celtic fairies, those types of things. And then it goes into, uh, let's see here. Uh, angels in art. So there's a lot of history here. Um, it is kind of giving you the complete rundown of angels, the idea of where they came from, um, the history. So I definitely would recommend this book for anybody that just wants to know more about angels and the breakdown very good book i would recommend that but no it, i mean definitely angels to me they do exist um i've seen them in many different ways um and then you know sometimes you just you feel them you feel their presence even when i um say i'm working on somebody and they're really contaminated there's a lot of negativity um, there's a lot of sorrow pain grief if i'm, if I'm touching them um to do a ritual or a cleansing or absorbing that energy. Mm -hmm. When I go to cleanse myself, you know, I'll use holy water, of course, to wash my hands and some holy oil. Uh, 
but I'll picture in my mind when I close my eyes and say a prayer, I'll picture a beautiful angel encompassing me, um, you know, placing their wings on me to protect against any of the negativity as well. Uh, while I ask for the blood of Christ right, to, right, to right. cleanse me. So, I mean, that's a whole process. I mean, that's how thoroughly I believe that, you know, especially if there's something real negative that I've just dealt with. So things like that, steps like that are necessary to take too so that you don't take that contaminated energy with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and then, because I, I, I was just watching, um, have you ever seen the movie The Conjuring? Yes. Okay. Obviously, The Conjuring is based on a true story um, for the um, paranormal investigators um, that the movie depicts. And as I just watched that the other night, and the reason I bring it up is because we're talking about how to defend yourself and things like that. And uh, what Deanna just mentioned about invoking Christ's name and then uh, invoking the blood of Christ, that's very important too. And that movie was basically... It's it's pretty freaky, but things like that do happen. Things like that are documented, and that is when, um, you know, oddly enough, her husband, the uh, is the one that did that exorcism at the end because they could not get the priest there in time, and I mean everything just exploded. But that just goes to show you that, you know, if push comes to shove. A layman can do an exorcism. Obviously, it could be dangerous. <laughs> wow. But but you know, if you if you if you desperately need to, then I mean, you certainly can. Um, you have that authority, as Deanna said. Also, angels came to, were seen throughout the Bible, particularly with Mary and Joseph, mm -hmm. and also in the book of Daniel, when uh, Daniel got thrown into the lion's den, the angel came. Mm -hmm. um, there's several other instances when you look in the Bible where angels appeared, so I don't see why they wouldn't exist today. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To, I mean, to Gabriel was help the, man. the messenger to Mary, absolutely. Um, no, I mean, in my specific communion with my angel guide is Raphael. That is who I deal with. Um, I mean, of course, I'll open, you know, communication with other angels, of course, like Michael, too, for protection. But my specific uh, communion is with Raphael. And Raphael is known for the ability to heal the body, mind, and spirit, absolutely. And that's primarily what I do. But he also helped with food. Um, and that's very important too. Um, so, uh, but each angel has their core aspects, their core gifts and abilities. But I mean, any angel, uh, especially uh, if it's an archangel, will be able to help you. But again, there's a lot to know about the category and classification of the angels, um, which this book is a good example that can help you uh, kind of go through that. And then there's charts. I mean, all you have to do is Google it, and you'll be able to see the classification of the angels. But I guess the underlying aspect is it doesn't matter who you are. If you feel like you're under attack spiritually, then obviously get some help. Talk to whoever you can. Well, you have to. You have to take. You have to take your place. You have to take authority mm -hmm. over those things that are in your realm in your in your that are going on in your life you have to take authority against those principalities and demons um, you just can't sit and and expect and a lot of times your angels will work for you too if you give them that authority to do so if you just speak it mm -hmm. well and that brings up another point I mean a lot of people will tell me that you know they see the number phenomenon, phenomenon, 1111, or they see their birthday, or they see specific times, or license plates, um, or they'll see butterflies and birds and uh, cardinals, blue jays, dragonflies, things like that. There's lots of different signs that you may see, and, and basically what that usually means is that you have been put you know, by the universe, by God, with the help of angels, you've been put on some type of spiritual pilgrimage, some kind of path to follow. 
We don't know the outcome of that path where it'll lead, but you're definitely on that path. And that could be them also trying to pinball you, obviously, into a specific direction for whatever reason. You may need to learn something Mm -hmm. or to be somewhere. Some of these um, phenomenons that you may experience, they could last 10, 20 years. And it could be that 20 years from now, you're supposed to be at a specific place at a specific time helping someone. We just don't know. But uh, those are other things that I've experienced myself and I've seen uh, for other clients and customers, uh, those type of phenomenons as well. Of course, there's a whole other subcategory to that with the 1111 and its spiritual connotation and what it means and things like that and going into numerology. But, or if you see 333, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. We should remember that... Um, I like this scripture in Matthew eight twenty nine, where the demons cry out mm-hmm. and tell Jesus, what are you to do with us? Have you come to torment us before the time? And that word time, time is important, but that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole time. nother podcast. Okay. But to, to the believers out there who are Christians and that do believe in, in Christ, um, in the authority of the believer, John McMillan says this, If we believe that God have quickened us together with Christ and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, this is according to Ephesians 2, 5, and 6, if we do, our reaction to it will be a fervent, Lord, I accept thy gracious word, and I believe that thou hast thus wrought for me, in humble faith, I do now take my seat in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right hand. Teach me how to fulfill this sacred ministry, how to exercise the authority which thou has entrusted me. Train me day by day that I may attain to the full statute of the perfect man in Christ, so that in me thy purpose of the ages may be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good quote from the book. That is a good quote, yeah. You know, I was just thinking about something else. Because a a lot of people, I have a lot of practitioners that come in here, right? People Or people that are just starting. Whether they're doing, you know, readings or they're trying to follow their own personal enlightenment. They're on that type of spiritual journey of getting to know them, their spiritual side more. Or people that are wanting to perform services for others and what I I guess the best advice that I can give them from this all of this ties in we're not just talking about you know some of this shit out of our asses It, it, it all has a it all has implications so for practitioners that are either you know well experienced or novices the main thing is to know that the negativity exists. There's there's e- there's evil out there, and depending on your energy patterns, you know your your um, color energy, your uh, your own karma, your intuitive uh, energy as well. All of that lights up. It makes you light up. You're illuminated, and that that type of energy is what the negative forces want to feed on. That it's like a beacon going off it's like a siren right woo, woo, woo. that draws negativity to you it, it draws unfortunately it draws souls to you as well so people that are just deceased that just become obviously spirits some of those spirits some of these people can become demons because they're they're then being used by real demons that take control of them and um and use that energy but begin to manipulate them basically um possess them as well so um, you could have a person that may have passed away and you know was not necessarily angry or whatever but they their soul got um, lost in the in the shuffle and then a demon comes and takes takes over that soul manipulates it and right and you have a person that may have not wanted to pass away and they died a very tragic death and there's they've left that um, um, that type of psychosomatic energy as well and then they become very negative and filled with negativity 
with evil and then they just want to inflict that on others because they're still in pain their souls is hurting or the essence of their soul and then you have like what happened in the movie the conjuring which again is based on a true story where someone really was trying to get a portal open to to satan and that caused all kinds of issues and cursed the entire land that they lived on so if you're a practitioner and you're just starting out or whether or not you're experienced uh, the, the whole idea is just to protect your energy and when you do the cleansings or you do readings you want to have as much protection around you spiritually but just be aware because you never know even if you could see auras even if you could uh, feel people's energy when you touch them when you touch their hands the psychometry part um, or um, yeah, no matter what you may feel from them you never know what's lurking deep down because um, if there is something some kind of succubus or entity attachment to them you may not always sense it or see it they are very good at hiding do you agree I agree yes I agree with that I, I agree with that they're very good at hiding and um, they will um, burrow themselves into a person's psyche um, again remember they've been around forever and this is what I tell clients too um, it's rare for um, demons to like throw people across the room nowadays you don't necessarily see that happen too often but what they've learned to do because if they do start making books levitate and cabinets close and open and throwing people across the room what are people going to start doing they're going to start praying right absolutely and they're going to start saying Jesus and blood of Christ and all this other stuff. Nearest, their nearest clergy or church. Right. And so they got smart, obviously. They're like, okay, well, let's not do that. But what they end up doing is siphoning the energy you know, from people slowly, slowly and surely. That's what they do. So um, because remember, and this is what I tell clients as well, we have that communion with with God right our soul energy is God's energy and what have those demons been cut off from well they've been cut off from God they've been cut off from God's energy the light so much like we are uh, batteries right in the in the matrix our soul energy is what is what they want they want to feed off of that because that's God's energy that's as close to, uh, to God that they're going to come because they're not getting back up there. <laughs> so they want to feed off of our energy. It's kind of like in also in the Transformers too, like uh, um, uh, the Autobots and the Decepticons wanting um, the Energon cubes, right, right? Fighting over that energy. So that's that's what we are. We are batteries to them, and they need to feed off of us in order to uh, survive. And, and not just feed off of you. They want to see you as a lost soul, like they are. Right, because they want they want the soul energy, the soul yeah. the the soul itself and, and is pure jealous. energy. They're jealous of us because we mm -hmm. have redemption. They have no redemption. Right, they have no redemption. They have no redemption after the rapture. After the rapture happens, mm -hmm. the Lord comes back and he they're defeated. Mm -hmm. They're, they're gone. defeated. They're gone, and they know that. And and that's that. That's what it meant. Mm -hmm. In the scripture in Matthew eight twenty nine, it says, when they said, have you come to torment us before the time? Mm -hmm. They were talking about that time. They were talking about the rapture, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, after the rapture. After the rapture. He, he, when, yeah. yeah. Like, the book. oh, you came to do it beforehand. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the overall thing is they want our energy and you need to protect yourself. So always going, always go into a session with some type of protection, whether it be stone energy obviously cleansing yourself after especially if you start to feel drained all of a sudden now talking about the empathic aspect and the uh, the energy flow uh, going both ways yeah if you feel drained after a session or being around someone uh, you definitely need to cleanse yourself and protect yourself because there's something that's going on possibly around them that could have exasperated the situation and your energy so it's that that is one thing that I think uh, 
all practitioners should should obviously be aware of and I know that there's a lot of um, well-experienced practitioners that do that but uh, I mean so am I and still things happen right just and no matter what it's hard to be that proactive 100% of the time sometimes you just get tired and you might be like okay I'll wash my hands with the holy water later or I'll but like even when I'm doing cleansings, all that sage that I burn or Palo Santo, that's just not for them. <laughs> that's for me. Kind of create a little bit of a block, a barrier. So yeah, uh, actually I think that even though I wasn't 100% prepared, this is, has actually it's been a good podcast. It's been a good session. Dan is looking at me like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just praying, praying that our viewers love it. Which I honestly think that they will. You know. Is there anything else you want to mention? No, I just hope I didn't read too fast this time. No, I was okay. Well, it took your time. Um, so, uh, as we've said before, if you guys have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out. You could email us. Go to mysticmisfits.net. That's our main website. And from there, you could see all of our links and bios. And um, you'll be able to... Um, listen to this on Podbean or Apple Podcast. I haven't put, in, I haven't, I have not had time to get us on Spotify yet, but I will hopefully by the next episode. And uh, please feel free to email us your comments. Um, and if you're interested in being like a um, having like a guest spot uh, or uh, having your questions answered, definitely send in those. And um, I guess that's it. Until next time, we will see you guys uh, later. And we will wish you many, many blessings. Take care of yourselves. This retrograde um, is killer. So look, when I say the retrograde is still going on, that's because I go by a specific calendar um, that talks about the post shadow and the post shadow in September 30th. So definitely, it's just just be aware of that. There. All the little things that you may think we would never think about happening, some of these little things have been happening, and it's just throwing everything out of whack, causing a lot of little chaos, especially a lot of drama or emotional drama that's been coming out. So try to cleanse and protect yourself from that. If it's almost over, I'm really hoping October is going to be amazing, but we shall see. So many blessings, and we hope that you tune in for next week's episode.